You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. And now, let's get into the podcast. Let's pray. Lord, you chase us down. Maybe some of us are here confused about what choices to make in life. Maybe some are here feeling a failure. Maybe you you feel you failed the Lord. Maybe there's sin in your life and you're struggling with it. Maybe you're here and um, you feel like you're in a dark night and there's no fruit in your life. And, and Jesus is waiting for you to spend time with him. And he's calling out for you. And Lord, we pray that you would be here this morning and that you would speak to us. You you will give us direction that the new day may dawn. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, everybody online as well. So you missed something this morning. A nice family service. It was really cool. It was a bit of chaos. But... uh, it's good that you're here. Um, we are um, still in a, in a series with, uh, with stories from Jesus at the lake. In the last few weeks, Paul Pastor Paul has looked at a bunch of these stories, and I thought, you know, I'll pick one for today as well. And uh, let, let me read it to you. It's in John 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. Simon Peter... Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. And I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your nets to the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to hold the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped in the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish for they were not far from the shore about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, of burning coals, and there were fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back in the boat, dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come, have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. So today we look at another story that takes place at the lake. Jesus having breakfast at the lake. And then saying to Peter, let's talk. We can read it in the last chapter of John. It's, um, it takes place after Jesus had been crucified. And after he's been risen from the dead, he appears to his disciples three times. First time, he appeared to all the disciples, disciples except for Thomas. He wasn't there for some reason that first night when Jesus appeared. And, um, and I was to tell them, uh, they learned a story about peace. Jesus gave them peace and he gave them the Holy Spirit. And then a week later, he appeared again. This time Thomas was there, and you know the story, right? Thomas, uh, the, the disciples had told Thomas, Jesus appeared to us, he's still alive, he has risen, and Thomas wouldn't believe it. He said, I only believe it if I see him, and I've seen his hands and feet, and the wounds in his hands and feet. And then Jesus shows up a week later, and Thomas says, my Lord and my God, and he, and he believes. And we learn a lesson about faith. Now here Jesus appeared a third time. And we'd learn a lesson about fellowship, and later about restoration in the context of fellowship. It's another story at the lake. The lake has different names. Sometimes it's called the Sea of Galilee, sometimes the, the Sea of Tiberias, sometimes the Lake of Gennesaret, or the Sea of Gennesaret, or whatever it's called. But it's all the same lake. If you can't remember where it is, let's have a look at the map. On the top right here, top right, you see the Sea of Galilee, and all the way at the bottom, you see Jerusalem. Now, in between the second appearance of Jesus and the third one, the disciples had walked all the way up to Galilee, a good 150 on a 60 kilometers, a long walk, and they're sitting at the side of the lake there. Um, we don't know exactly why they were there, why they went there. I mean, in, in the other Gospels, it says that Jesus told them after his resurrection they should go there, not so in John. Peter is still the, the, the leader. He's led them there. It's their home turf. It's where they grew up. It's where they were trained as fishermen. It's where they, they, they had a life as fishermen. That they worked there as fishermen. It's where they met Jesus. It's where they got that calling. But Jesus told them, you'll be fishes of men from now on. But there seems to be a bit of confusion why they were there. Why are we here? What, what are we supposed to be doing? And, and, and Peter is getting restless, and he's, he's just sitting next to the lake. He sees the water. He sees the boats. He's like, man, I've been trained as a fisherman. No, no sense just sitting around. Let's go out and, and catch some fish and provide for ourselves. So they spend the night fishing. And the story is a bit similar to the story that we just heard a, a, a few weeks ago that we read in Luke 5, right? There's a night of fishing, no catch. And Jesus shows up, tells them to throw the net somewhere else, and then a large catch. Um, but there is also, you know, some differences. The story in Luke takes place all the way at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's where the disciples are, are called. 
where they were told to be fishers of men, their new calling. This story today takes place all the way to the end of Jesus' ministry. The last story recorded in the book of John took place after his resurrection. And again, in this story, Peter plays a big role. It's actually a pretty funny story. Uh, Jesus seems to have a great sense of humor. <laughs> after a long night of fishing, no cats, no fruit of their labor, they worked all night, nothing in the nets. And then Jesus appears and he stands at the shore and he calls out to them, friends. And uh, the word actually that, that, that's there in the Greek is children. Not, not kind of word that you would use to call out to strangers, right? More to call out to your friends. Hey, kids, caught anything? And they don't recognize his voice. And they call back, no, no, we haven't, we haven't caught anything. Now you can just see Jesus smile, this mischievous grin on his face. It's a sense of humor. He plays a joke on them. And he calls out, throw your net out on the right side. I think I see some fishies there. You will find some, he says. Understatement of the year. You can almost hear Jesus think, just you wait, not recognizing my voice. I will show you something. I did this before. See if you remember. And I throw out the net on the other side. And man, huge fish. And not just some. No, 153. The net is full. And they can't pull it, pull it in. And still, of all the disciples, it's only John that recognizes what's going on. Wait a minute. Deja vu. He puts one and one together. I, I thought I recognized this voice. And now this sketch is just like the first time we met Jesus. The man on the shore must be Jesus. And he calls out, it's the Lord. And then Peter, a light bulb goes off in his head. It's the Lord. And he puts on his clothes. And then he jumps overboard. He can just hear Jesus laughing. The disciples shouting, laughing, struggling with the fish. G Peter splashing to the shore. And they come at the shore and there's Jesus and he has a fire going. And some fish on it and some bread baking. Breakfast is ready. As if Jesus wanted to say, well, you guys are out there catching nothing. I caught some fish for myself. And uh, I have breakfast ready because if I had to wait for you guys, I would never eat. And so they sit and they have breakfast together. And Jesus broke the bread and he broke the fish and he gave it to them. And it must have reminded them of the many times he's done that before. Maybe reminding them of the feeding of the 4,000, the feeding of the 5,000, and how he always provided. But first, and there's some lessons there, but first Jesus wants to hang out with them. Just spend time together, have breakfast, have some fun, encourage them, be friends together. Now sure, Jesus has some business with Peter. He has to talk to him about some stuff, but it all happens in relationship. That's how Jesus is. He likes you. He loves you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to have breakfast with you. There might be some tough conversations that he needs to have with you, but, but he wants you to know first that he is your friend. You don't need to sort yourself out first before he wants to be with you. He knows what you've done. He knows your heart. And still, he wants to be with you. He wants to hang out with you. And after you know who he is and that he is for you, that he is your friend, he will lead you into deeper conversations. So after a night of fruitless labor, Jesus is standing on the shore and he's calling out to them. 
And he doesn't tell his disciples that they were doing the wrong thing and they shouldn't have gone fishing, but he teaches them a lesson. They've been working a whole night trying to provide for themselves, trusting in their education and their skill as, as, as fishermen, and nothing, no fruit from their labor. Didn't catch a single fish. And it's as Jesus wanted to remind them, it's fine going fishing, it's fine going back to your occupation, doing what you've trained for, but it is me who provides the catch, all right? Trust me, I've given you the ability, I've given you the, 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 the skills the, to, to, to do the, the, the fishing, but I provide the catch. In all the Gospels, the disciples never caught a fish without Jesus present. Whatever your work is, whatever you do, no matter how talented you are, don't forget, it was Jesus who provided the catch. It's Jesus who will provide the catch. Don't start trusting in your own strength and your own abilities. Keep trusting in Jesus. Now, some of you might also feel that you're in the dark. You're doing what you're trained for. There's no fruit of your labor, no results. Some of you might be trying to figure out where God is leading you, what school choices to make, what career choices to make. Jesus wants to remind you, start with him. Don't trust in your own cleverness to make these choices. Come have breakfast with me. I like you. I'm going to spend time with you. I will provide for you. And you find that in, in your confusion, he's already been working and providing. Breakfast is ready. And, he, um, and even if he invites you and you come, you can bring your catch. But don't forget, he already provided that as well. So come have breakfast. Let's hang out with Jesus and things will become clear. Fellowship with Jesus is where it starts and a new day will dawn. John tells the story like that. It's at the beginning of the day. It's at dawn. And he, he, he places the story at dawn with a purpose. Breakfast with Jesus and the sun will rise full of promise and new possibilities. And it might be after a night of catching nothing. Time of your life of confusion, of, of feeling maybe like a failure even, feeling useless. And Jesus is calling out from the shore. How are things working out for you? Caught anything? Have breakfast with me. Let's revisit when the first time you met me. Let's revisit your calling. The times I provided for you. Trust me and I've worked for you to do. Start your day with Jesus, especially when you're confused in the dark about what's next. Gradually, the sun will come up and things will become more clear. And forgiveness and restoration are waiting for you. Now, Peter wasn't just confused, not just not knowing what he needed to be doing, but uh, he was also not quite sure where he was at with Jesus in his relationship with Jesus. Remember the two passages that God is here. John 13, Jesus, Peter blurts out loudly and emphatically that he will remain loyal to Jesus. I'm not going to let you down. Wherever you go, prison, death, anywhere, I will lay down my life for you. And then in John 18, it all goes horribly wrong. He follows Jesus all right, but when in danger of his life, he denies knowing him. And instead of getting out quickly, he sticks around and things get worse and he denies him three times. Three times he denies that he's a follower of Jesus and he's supposed to be the number one. Peter, the rock. 
And here he's having breakfast now with Jesus and his friends sitting next to a charcoal fire. The smell bringing back memories of the last time he was standing next to a charcoal fire. A fire in the courtyard of the high priest. When he saw Jesus standing there helpless, but he denied knowing him, bringing back feelings of shame and of failure and of all this is spooking through his mind as he's having breakfast. And now Jesus says, let's go for a walk. Two times Jesus had appeared and he had not spoken about what had happened in, the, in that courtyard. And Peter might still be wondering where he was at with Jesus. He loved him. He was so thrilled to see him that he was alive. But what would Jesus think about him? He knows Jesus had risen. He knows he died for him. He knows his sins are forgiven. Yet the memories are still haunting him. There was some healing and restoration needed. Some pastoral counseling, forgiveness. Peter needed to visit his past one more time with Jesus to find healing. To know what Jesus thought of him. And then, then we read this exchange between Peter and Jesus. Peter asking asking. Uh, Jesus asking Peter three times if he loved him. Three times taking Peter back to the three times he denied him. Jesus didn't mention actually the denial of Jesus, but Peter knows or rather feels what's going on. And Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter. I know you denied me, but do you love me? Jesus is not doing this to hurt Peter, it's to restore him. Peter had this feeling maybe that he failed massively at his job, at his promise that he would never fail Jesus. And he might be thinking, I, I better go back to what I was doing, what I know to do. Better go back fishing because I'm a failure. God can't use me. What kind of leader am I? What kind of disciple am I? What, friend, what kind of friend am I? And maybe you recognize these questions. And Jesus asked him to go for a walk. You denied me, but do you love me? Third time, first time even asking, do you love me more than these? Probably referring to the other disciples. Uh, I mean, who else should he be referring to? Maybe the fish, but <laughs> I don't think so. In Matthew, we read that Peter had said, even if all will fail you, I will not. Kind of saying, I love you more than these. But here, Peter responds by saying, you know I love you. He doesn't make it more than it is. He's not comparing anymore. He's, he's a humbled man. I do love you. You know it. And Jesus hears him and he believes him, yet he asks the question again. Why? Could it be that Jesus is ready to move on and forgive, but that Peter can't forgive himself? That the memory is still there. That he's not very confident anymore in his calling. That he can't, he doesn't believe that he can actually do it. That he's up for the task he's called to do. So Jesus slows him down. Peter, look at me. Do you truly love me? Yes, Lord, you know it. And again, no, no, Peter, look. Look me in the eye. Do you love me? And now it hurts. Doesn't Jesus believe me? Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Three times Jesus asks. Three times Peter says Jesus, to Jesus that he loves him. Three times Jesus gives Peter a job to do. 
three times the number of completeness. Complete forgiveness. Peter slowed down enough. No longer rash statements like, I will lay down my life for you. But a deep felt knowing. A deep felt I love you. A deep healing took place in Peter's heart. And where in John 13, Jesus says, where I go, you cannot follow. And Peter's saying, why not? Why can't I follow? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus is saying, Peter, you don't know what you're talking about. You're going to deny me actually three times. Now Jesus says, although you didn't claim it this time, you will indeed lay down your life for me. Now, when you read this, you think, this is not a very nice thing to say to Peter. Yet it takes Peter back to that statement he made. And Jesus now granting him to keep his promise, to live up to that statement. It must have felt like a relief. A way of Jesus saying, I believe in you, Peter. You can do it. You will follow me. I know you love me, and I know you love me so much that you will lay down your life for me. And that, that before Peter's rash statement, Jesus says, you cannot follow. Now he says, follow me. A complete reinstatement of Peter. Sometimes we need to revisit our past hurts. Not to be forgiven also, but maybe also to forgive ourselves. To be healed before we can move on. At Crossroads, every Wednesday night, every Wednesday evening, a group gathers to find healing like that. It's called the Grow to Blossom course. If you feel you need some healing from your past, if you feel you can't move on with Jesus or forward with Jesus, this might be a good place to start. You will find that you're accepted there no matter what you've done. Just like Jesus accepting Peter and having breakfast first, had some fun before the deeper conversations came that led to healing. Just show up on a Wednesday evening. You're always welcome. Now, some other observations. In, in Greek, there are different words for love. And in this passage, Jesus is using one word for love, and then Peter responds with another word for love. And then by the third question, Jesus uses the word that Peter uses for love. Now, it's very tempting to make a whole sermon around that, but actually it's probably not that important because John himself doesn't seem to make really big distinction there between the different words. But what does matter is that Peter seems to be a humbler man, not making bigger statements than he can live up to, as he used to do. And what matters is that Jesus, as a response to each question, gives him a job to do. He doesn't just give him a pat on the back and say, well, that's all right then, you're forgiven. No, he gives him a new command. He not only reinstates Peter, not only remind him of his calling, but he expands his calling. Not only is he now to be a fisher of man, now he's to feed the sheep and to take care of the lamb. Not only bringing people into church, but to take care of them. When Jesus forgives you, you're not just forgiven, you receive life to the full, a meaningful life, a job to do in his kingdom. Not just any job to do. Jesus is sharing his own work, his own ministry. It's after all, Jesus, who is the good shepherd, and he says, take care of my lamb, take care of my sheep. It's Jesus who has the task of, of leading and feeding and sh the sheep and the lambs, of 
of bringing them to pasture, of, of, of protecting them against predators. And where in John 21, 20, verse 21, Jesus says, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. This is what it means to share in the work of Jesus, Christ's own work. He wants to share his work with us. Now, some other things that we can learn, you know, to apply to our lives. Maybe, maybe you feel fruitless, right? Sometimes you might be in the dark. It's a confusing time in life, a fruitless time in your life. And it might be to slow you down enough to hear Jesus' voice call out. And for you to realize that you can work hard, but the catch, the fruit of your labor is not up to you. You need to trust Jesus for that. So go to the shore, spend time with him, have breakfast with him. Jesus is not waiting for your catch. He's waiting for you. Maybe you feel confused. Maybe you feel directionless. What am I doing here? What does Jesus want from me? There's only one way to find out. Visit him at the beach. Remind yourself of the first time he called you. He wants to hang out with you. And he has a job for you. It starts with hanging out with him. Maybe you feel like a failure. Maybe you feel like you failed Jesus. That you're not a very good Christian. You shrink back from ministry because from the job he has to do, because who are you? <laughs> You're not good enough. You can never live up to God's standard. But Jesus asks you, do you love me? And you say, of course I do. You know it. Look at me. Do you love me? I do, Lord. Keep looking at me. Are you sure? You look deep inside and you realize that you failed him, but you do love him. And that's what you need to tell him. He forgives you and he gives you a job to do. Take care of my sheep. Feed them. And his whole interaction with Peter, there's no judgment. Jesus wants to just see Peter's heart, and I guess he wants Peter to see his own heart. To not be so rash and just jump into action, but to realize his love for Jesus. And to tell that to Jesus. To realize that he is loved and accepted and not judged. Jesus is looking for your heart. He doesn't address the actions of Peter so much as he is addressing his heart. So you may feel like a failure, but you're forgiven. And not only forgiven, you are included in Christ's work. We are giving a job to do, to take care of the sheep, to feed the sheep. And to learn how to do that, we need to look at the shepherd, to see how he does it. And this interaction at the beach is a good place to start, and it gives us some clues. It starts in relationship. It starts in fellowship, spending time with each other having fun, enjoying each other, accepting one another, no judgment. And from there, we can have conversations. But in the trust that we're for each other, that we want the best for each other, it's about our hearts for Jesus. You can mess up, and most of us will, but do you love him? That's what it's all about. And yes, changes in your life are needed, 
it starts with your heart. Do you love him? A new start is possible. You are forgiven. It might be painful to revisit your past, but healing is waiting. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you care for us so deeply that you seek us out. That after a long, dark night, after confusion of not knowing exactly what we should do, you're waiting for us to spend time with you. That you actually like hanging out with us. That, and that you're actually fun to be with. We pray that you will help us to pay attention. To hear your voice calling us from the beach. To realize that it is you who provide the catch. And to take time to be with you and hear from you. Will you guide us this week? Will you help us to intentionally make time to hear your voice? And will you guide us? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.